Bipolar Fancast, a podcast, a podcast that's sometimes <laughs> about Poldark. That's what I always say when I when I almost say um, uh, fancast and podcast at the same time. It's too close. So, <laughs> yes, it's like a podcast that's sometimes about Poldark. And we are your hosts. I'm Michelle. I live in the States. You can find me on Tumblr at Poldark Muses, and I tweet at Musings. And I'm Rita. I live in England. I tumble at Princess and Poldark, and I tweet at Rita Bites. And welcome back to another quarantine minisode. Yes, another one. <laughs> We're here every week during the coronavirus crisis with new mini-sized podcasts to listen to, where we discuss something we watched that week. This week, we watched Marie Antoinette. But as always, before we talk about a thing, let's learn about it in our Wikipedia corner. Marie Antoinette is a 2006 historical drama film written and directed by Sofia Coppola, um, based on the life of Marie Antoinette, as you might expect, uh, played by Kirsten Dunst, uh, from her arrival in France at age 14 to the events leading up to the French Revolution. Coppola based her script on the seminal biography Marie Antoinette by Antonia Fraser, which I believe was released in 2001. It's considered by some modern historians as the most thorough and balanced biography of the Queen. Coppola explained that she was interested in showing, quote, the real human being behind the myth. My goal was to capture in the design the way in which I imagine the essence of Marie Antoinette's spirit. So the film's candy colours, its atmosphere and teenage music all reflect and are meant to evoke how I saw that world from Marie Antoinette's perspective. End quote. Her highly stylized interpretation was intentionally very modern in order to humanise the historical figure involved. She admitted taking great artistic liberties with the source material and said that the film did not focus simply on historical facts. Quote, It's not a lesson of history, it's an interpretation documented but carried by my desire for covering the subject differently. End quote. The film is set mostly in Versailles. Administrators granted the film unprecedented access to the chateau and its grounds, allowing them to film scenes for Marie Antoinette over 12 weeks in the spring of 2005. And I was, I'm, this is stepping away from Wikipedia corner for a minute. <laughs> um, um, I was thrilled to see Versailles with that much um, access and openness. I just, I, I was thrilled, but anyway. More on that later. Milena Cananero and six assistant designers created the gowns, hats, suits, and prop costume pieces. Shoes were made by Manolo Blahnik. I'm not a shoe person. Blahnik, <laughs> I think. Blahnik, yeah. Manolo Blahnik and Pompey. And hundreds of wigs and hair pieces. I throw that emphasis on hundreds. Yep. Um... Uh, they were made by Rochetti and Rochetti. As revealed in the making of documentary on the DVD, the look of Count von Fersen was influenced by 1980s rock star Adam Ant. This is like really obvious in the Mars Ball scene. I literally screamed oh, Adam Ant yes. when I saw him. And this is not a reference I got when I first saw the movie because uh, I was young. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh yeah. I mean, I was just like 
It's time to deliver. <laughs> your money or your life. Yes. Oh, yes. Anyway, it won a, an Academy Award for Best Costume Design. I should hope so. Yeah. Um, and it was released in the United States on October 20th, 2006 by Columbia Pictures. Okay. After the film's released, it polarized the critics with reviews ranging from resounding praise to discerning criticism. Some critics took issue with or did not understand why Coppola intermixed period music with contemporary music, for instance, using soundtracks by artists such as The Cure and The Strokes, or why she intermixed modern products such as Converse sneakers with formal period shoes. Although one historian explains that while they may be distracting, they also convey the rebelliousness of a young woman, frustrated, bored, isolated, and yet always on display. An example of this combining of the actual period with modern times is a scene where Marie Antoinette and her friends enjoy a shopping spree and feast on luxurious sweets, champagne, clothing, shoes, and jewelry to bow wow wows, I want candy. The film holds an approval rating of 57% on Rotten Tomatoes. The website's critical consensus states, quote, lavish imagery and a daring soundtrack set this film apart from most period dramas. In fact, style completely takes precedence over plot and character development in Coppola's vision of the doomed queen. People Magazine's movie critic Leah Rosen wrote, quote, the absence of political context upset most critics of Marie Antoinette. Her historical biopic plays like a pop video with Kirsten Dunst as the doomed 18th century French queen acting like a teenage flibberty gibbet intent on being the leader of the cool kids club. That's some tough words coming from a lady writing for People magazine. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, the film's critical reception in France was actually generally quite positive, despite it. You would think the opposite would be uh, happening. But anyway, uh-huh. it has an aggregate score of 4 out of 5 on the French version of Rotten Tomatoes. In the French trade journal La Film Francais, a third of the critics gave it their highest rating, many of them claiming it was worthy of the Palme d'Or. Uh, Danielle Attali of Le Journal du Domange praised it as a true wonder with stunning colours, sensations, emotions, and intelligence. Um, have you seen this film before? No, I have not. Ah! Oh. <laughs> How? No, I have How? not. How? How? <laughs> because when it came out, when it came out, I gave it an eye roll. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Um, because I was like one of those kind of knuckleheads um, going, why are they using all this modern music and, oh, it just looks like it's just, no, I just don't want to. <laughs> Bye. I think the trailer was more guilty of doing that than the actual film itself. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I, I remember seeing the trailer and going, because I think I was in a I was in a movie theater, um, and you know when the trailers go by, that's usually when I'm kind of going, okay, yes, no, yes, hell no, wait until it's on HBO. I didn't even know they had a Smurfs one. Why are they making a Smurfs two? <laughs> exactly. So the 
trailer came on and I remember seeing it and going, I don't know. No, no, I can skip it. I'm and, you know, of course, now that I've seen it, I'm kicking myself across the room. <laughs> I mean, you should have seen it in the cinema, which is, oh my God. Oh, yeah. This, the yeah. scale of the movie um, is just completely off the charts in a cinema screen. Yeah. Um, it's just like all the imagery is so beautiful, especially of like those those long shots of Versailles you, on your TV Ugh. screen at home are just like a bit like Ugh. you're like squinting like, where is she? Is she walking up that hill? Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, get this. I was watching it on my phone. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching it on my phone. Oh, no. And was slack jawed. <laughs> with amazement through the entire thing. So I think I'm kind of glad I was watching it on the, the phone because if I was watching it on our television screen, I, I might still be on the couch going, uh, 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 uh. Um, <laughs> uh I, I thought it was absolutely scrumptious. I thought it was just scrumptious. This is actually one of my favorite movies, um, but I haven't rewatched mm -hmm. it in a, like ten years or so. Oh wow! So like, there are entire bits of the movie that I have forgot, <laughs> um, uh -huh. including the intro. I remember like putting the movie on, and the first thing I remember happening is her her arrival in in France and getting undressed and stuff. So the fact that it opened up uh -huh. with like punk music and with like that short vignette of her like like lounging in the Versailles being mm -hmm. given I was like oh my god yes um <laughs> it's just such a clever movie and I love it and it's great and just I kind of want to rewatch it over and over again in the loop because it's both like visually stunning and I think one of the best portrayals of like a privileged white woman on screen ever. She is like <laughs> disgusting in elements, but also incredibly sympathetic. <laughs> like I can't think of another period mm -hmm. drama movie that's just so focused on one person like this one is. And it's yeah. just great. It's great. Yeah. And also the soundtrack is amazing. Yeah. And everyone go listen. I... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Well, you know, it was, you know, the soundtrack, as I'm, I'm listening to it, you know, the soundtrack was, you know, my youth, um, you know, when and when you were talking about how, um, you know, she chose, how uh, Coppola chose um, all of these, um, all of these aspects of like modern things, the candy colors, teenage music, um, and kind of evoke how um, she saw the world, um, you know, because she and I, I believe, are contemporaries. Um, so I think that, you know, she is picking up on all of the music of my youth. And I was completely and utterly sucked in um, with the way that she used modern music um, throughout it didn't distract me at all <laughs> there is this expectation 
as viewers that everything has to be like as authentic as possible like i I love this idea of going you know what this is not authentic like every time you watch a period drama it is our version of what that time period was there's Mm -hmm. no such thing as something that is a thousand percent accurate so like going in from this angle and trying to just make it like emotionally resonant with you so you're watching like a bunch of people dancing to some new new wave music from the 80s in a ballroom mm-hmm. and they look like they're actually having fun <laughs> and like dancing yeah. and it's everybody's drunk yeah. and like it's a crush of people and you're like oh i get what it would have felt like to be at that ball like when you watch yeah. anything yeah. else it's, it looks boring as fuck when they're at ballrooms and they're all like stiffly dancing and it's just so much fun yeah, um, yeah, I I um, am going to wind up watching it on the TV downstairs just because um, I have to now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have to now. Um, you know, I need to, to see it with, you know, the stereo speakers and the... Uh, you want to yeah, see all those costumes must. and detail. Those are Academy Award winning costumes. I can't get over those costumes. Yeah. Well, you know, I I have to admit that, you know, when I say I was watching it on my phone, I was watching it and my my eyes were about six inches away <laughs> from the phone because I'm blind. So um, I had to take my glasses off and then get right up on top of the phone. So um saw the the costumes um it fairly close up given the proximity of eyeball to screen, but um, I, I need to see them bigger. I need to see them. I I, I need to see all of it bigger. <laughs> like I keep thinking about how much work that would have been. Like the, you remember that scene where oh. she enters Versailles for the first time, and they've got a crowd of hun- literally hundreds of people dressed up. Yeah. Even the even the little yeah. kids. Oh, that was so creepy. Um, have like full uh-huh. face of makeup and wigs and like hair and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just incredible like the work yeah. the work yeah. the money that went into this mm-hmm. um oh yeah this is the, uh, you, you can see you can see every penny <laughs> on screen um, and they they could afford it because they obviously didn't have to spend much on versailles it's already fucking yeah, Versailles. So you just dress yeah. it up a little bit with some furniture, bouche. You've got you've got a movie. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that was actually you know one of the things uh, that I wondered about, and it's one of the things that that now has me wanting to go down the rabbit hole of history on um, on this whole topic. Um, you know, the the scene at the very very end. Um, where her bedroom is has been basically destroyed um um and i was wondering to myself okay how on earth did they restore that because i'm sure i'm sure that the place was absolutely ransacked it was actually like one of the palaces that survived the revolution Almost intact in, ter- really? yeah, in terms of uh, well, not the furniture or the the a lot of the furnishings and the the actual building itself was basically like abandoned <laughs> um, until around the twentieth century. 
because I did Wikipedia this because I was like, wow. After I watched the movie the first time, I um, bought the biography that it's based on, um, Mm -hmm. read that. It's a very long biography. I read that on holiday, I think. I remember, like, sitting in the sun, like, turning the pages, like, not going (laughs) out into the beach because I was just so gripped by it. Um, Wow. The moment I finished watching this film on uh, Sunday, I was like, I am going to listen to this biography on Audible (laughs) again. (laughs) It is 20 hours long, people. (laughs) Um, So I've been listening to that. How many hours? I have only got nine minutes left. Wow. That's some dedication, people. So I'm filled with Marie Antoinette facts. Um, (laughs) Awesome. It's like one of the better biographies I've read because um, Mm -hmm. obviously Antonia Fraser is really good. Um, at writing and but also I just find Marie Antoinette quite interesting in that she mm-hmm. is like in some aspects of her life such a victim of like circumstance um, mm-hmm. you could place any other woman in history like in that position and I believe they probably would have been guillotined as well um, because she yeah. like literally going into the court the whole of France was opposed to the marriage because they hate Austrians. It was like she was fucked. She's mm. like a lamb sent to the slaughter. Yeah. yeah. Also, how cute was the lamb in this movie? Oh, lammy, lammy, oh, lammy. lammy. I love lammy. Then again, like that whole scene where she's like, "Look at my model village with my." <laughs> I know. You're just like, oh, and you're so out of touch with reality. <laughs> it's like, oh God, you're not you're not playing with dolls. You're not playing with dolls. And meanwhile, the country around you is about to set on fire. Yeah. Um, and you're here playing with your chickens and your sheep and Look. um lolling around with your your Swedish lover and um you know, probably not that far away from where your husband is, <laughs> who's probably screwing around with his own lover. But not really. Uh, he was like very bad at sex, so um, <laughs> it's very unlikely. <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> Apparently so. Uh, oh you, god! Like, but the thing is, that makes total sense to me. Like they came up into like the most prudish closeted well actually mm-hmm. louis lived with his grandfather who literally had a mistress in front of him so maybe he should have known more but maybe he was like trying to avoid knowing uh, yeah. because like that would put anybody <laughs> off like w- watching their granddad <laughs> like make out with someone at the dinner table uh. yeah that was pretty intense but the fact that they were both like yeah we can get pregnant from this one, like, okay, I don't want to get into the details of what was actually going on, but yeah. there was penetration, yeah. but no <laughs> finishing. Yeah. And they were like, oh, we'll totally uh-uh. get pregnant. Like, uh, nope. Oh, Hans, you need to explain this better to them. This is why we need sex education. Uh-huh. When you're this desperate for an offspring, people, educate your king. <sighs> yes. <laughs> make sure that they understand what has to happen. <laughs> and 
And I'm, it just kind of cracked me up that it, it was um, Marie Antoinette's uh, yeah. brother who basically <laughs> schooled him. Like, yo, listen, dude, here's the deal. <laughs> Louis probably going. I love oh. every single time somebody asked him like an actual question about it, he just fell silent. Like, please don't, yes. please don't talk to me about this. This is horrible. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't want to do this right now. No, 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 no. no. And they're with yeah. the doctor, and he, he's just like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That, oh, that whole Lord. relationship is actually also another thing I really love because it's so freaking awkward at first with the... Mm-hmm. When they're at dinner and she asks him if he likes um, locks... And he's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she's goes, so do you, do you enjoy that? And he's like, obviously. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, so I am like him. I relate wow. to this. This is how I would hold a conversation. You ask me if I like something, I will just say yes or no. <laughs> and it is terrible. <sighs> but then, like, that, that relationship also really grows throughout the movie. And by the end, I'm like, oh, I ship it. I ship it a lot. Um, t- you can take your Swedish persons and get rid of them because I'd rather have Louis just cradling me as the mob starts to attack, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was wonderful seeing how that relationship just kind of bloomed, um, you know, as they, you know, finally figured out <laughs> what the hell they were doing. And... Um, well, you know, and when you think about it, it's like, okay, she was 14 years old yeah. when she came over, yeah. you know, and how old was he? Probably not that much older. I think he was maybe so, like 15 yeah. and a half or something. So like. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm cutting him some slack. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, at, you know, by the end, you know, he was, you know, no, I'm not fleeing, uh, you know. I, I thought that they would have, that the, I thought, and I thought that they said this, that the children were going to need to go yeah. into hiding. But then the kids were with them when the mob came. Yeah, the end of the movie sort of. So I didn't quite understand that. They went yeah. backwards and forth on like what, at one point they were going to leave. And then at one point Marie Antoinette was going to mm-hmm. leave with the children. And then like their indecision meant that at the end they were all just captured and then held prisoner uh, for four more years. Wow. Okay. So. Wow. What whatever did happen to the children, I'm almost um, afraid to ask. Okay, well they had four children. Um we saw the youngest uh, Sophie die after a year. Um they also had Louis Joseph, who was the Dauphine of France. He died of tuberculosis right before the French Revolution. Um, that was not on screen, but, you know, you only need one kid dying. Um, and then after they were imprisoned, both the king and the queen were killed. And then yeah, uh, the next Dauphin, um, the second boy, uh, died of tuberculosis about mm-hmm. when he was about 10. Um and then the only one of their daughters survived, the first Mary Therese. Um, she was imprisoned 
uh, by herself. She didn't even know what had happened to her family um, until she was about 17. <sighs> then she like bounced around from country to country because she was exiled. And she had no children and she died yeah, um, in Austria. It was well, incredibly sad well, for her children. Well, well. and just uh... There's yeah. no happy ending. Ugh. Oh, hell no. No, no. But in another respect, I quite like that the movie ends where it does, because I don't think it, it's necessary. Yeah, me too. Like, we all know she gets guillotined. <laughs> yeah, uh, it ended, it ended, it ended perfectly. And I think, you know, seeing that exquisite mm-hmm. bedroom um, basically destroyed, just, you know, kind of yeah. summed everything up. Yeah, and it's it's interesting in that you know I have been completely obsessed with the musical Hamilton since it um, became available on Disney Plus. Um, I can't tell you how many times <laughs> I've watched it, and I think I listen to the soundtrack maybe once every other day. So, um, Fair. The, the goal is to be able to do the whole thing. So. Um, I'm working on it, but you know, my, my rap skills are not very good. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, but, um, I'm, I've also started the, um, biography that the play was based on. And, uh, so, uh, and that one I think is 35 hours long. Ooh. Yeah. It's a long one, but it's absolutely riveting. Um, (laughs) um, and so, you know, I, so since I've been kind of down the rabbit hole on Hamilton, watching this and, you know, seeing them, a lot of crossover. Yeah. Seeing them talk about, you know, the American revolution and, you know, it it was, it, the, the crossover, I had crossover realness. Well, Lafayette features Mm -hmm. very heavily in the period after they're detained, like, oh, he literally yes. takes them prisoner. Very much Damn so. Damn you, Lafayette. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, not you. I love um, singing your song. Why are you doing this? <laughs> oh, gosh. And, you know, um, quite frankly, it's like, you know, dude, you're a marquee. How is yeah. it that, that you're you're not also sitting up all up in the Bastille waiting to get your head chopped off? But I digress. We well, the thing, the thing that, about that. Uh, the French Revolution that I think a lot of people just casually forget is that it was actually like largely started by the French aristocracy because they were pissed off with the king. Mm-hmm. It's like, and yeah. then all the all, well, and then all of the underlings were like, <clears throat> "Rise up!" Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, a lot of the. And the aristocracy was going. Wait, wait now you. What? Now, they were like, we didn't plan for this. <laughs> don't, don't yes. take my Oops. words seriously. <laughs> like, whoopsie. <laughs> What's Plan B, people? <laughs> but uh, so yeah, there's the, all of the 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 crossover realness was 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 thick and heavy up in this joint. <laughs> Oh, but um, I, I I thought it was just brilliant. So what were some of your favorite performances? We need to... Oh, God, the entire cast is amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, 
Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed the uh, moment that Marie Antoinette was finally kind of forced to speak to Louis XV's uh, mistress. Yes. <laughs> Just to keep the peace. <laughs> and, you know, they she walks up and, you know, they have this mundane <laughs> one-sentence you know, each conversation. And then she's like, and that is the last time I will speak to that woman. Ripped straight <laughs> from history. It was apparently such a monumental conversation that loads of courtiers wrote it, wrote down what she said exactly. Wow. Yes. There are a lot of people at first sight today. Yeah. yeah. Thrilling. <laughs> I, oh, God. I, I, love, I love that. that. Um, I loved the scene and, you know, they mentioned the, the Converse tennis shoe. I swear I was watching and going, wait, did I just see a tennis shoe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then I was just kind of, okay, forget it. Let's just get further into this. Um, I absolutely loved that so much. And that whole sequence where, you know, I want candies playing and, you know, it is just this scene of overwhelming opulence. How bad do you want a macaroon right now? Like, <laughs> I've I, oh, oh never my seen God. so many in my life. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. I, I, and I love macaroons. 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 Um, I really macarons. love, uh, so good. the Duchess de Bonniac, uh, played by Rose <laughs> Byrne. Yes. I can never pronounce her last name, but she's, uh, Byrne. Byrne. Yeah. She's, um, mm-hmm. really good fun. The moment she comes in, she's just yes. like, I'm going to tell you crude jokes about dicks and people I have slept with. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. It's such a delight. And Judy Davis. Uh, was wonderful. I have never <laughs> felt so judged in my life. Uh, every time she kind of looks at the camera, you're like, oh, God. Yes. Uh, like shrinking away. Um, loved seeing Marianne Faithful. Oh, yeah. Um, as her mother. I mean, that was really great. Scary. And, Very um, scary. You know, poor, yeah. yeah. Uh, poor Tom Hardy had a blink-and-you-miss-it role. But um, I still went, but- Tom Hardy? I know. Me too. Me too. Uh, Steve Coogan, who uh, I he I adore him. Um, I thought he was fantastic. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm looking at my cast. Danny Houston um, as uh, Marie's uh, brother um, loved him. And <laughs> just loved how he came in and be like, I listen to me. Get to work. And like when they they're like in the gardens of Versailles and they see the elephant and he's like we have a female elephant maybe we can uh, yes. get them to get down to business too. Uh, I also loved. Speaking of which, Jamie Dornan, it, probably in his finest oh, role ever, yeah. because they realize that he is not a very good actor. Um, he does not say <laughs> for like. Two lines and the whole thing. He's just there to look no. pretty in a uniform, and man, does he yes. do it! You're like, yes, indeed. Yes. He looks scrumptious. Thank you. Uh, looks by scrumptious. Contrast to Jason Schwartzman, who looked kind of <laughs> pudgy. 
perfect. So awkward. He was perfect. (laughs) Oh gosh. But then, you know, as the movie goes on, you see how much he loves her and and how devoted he is to her. And she to him. Yeah. Oh, the moment when she reaches over oh. and, and touches his hand while they're like the, the mob screaming at them during dinner and there's yes. like stuff bit I really loved like um the contrast between their first meal together where there's like somebody stamping every, like with the stick, I don't even know what that's called, and announcing that the king wants some wine or something and then it's passed <laughs> them. But then in contrast to their like their last meal that you see together where all of the mm-hmm. every time there's a thump you're like, Oh, somebody is throwing shit at you. <laughs> Be careful, there's a bomb or uh-huh. something. Oh um it's just uh-huh. the whole thing is terrifying. Um that's really yeah. cleverly yeah. done. Like the way I think um this script is magnificent. And when you think that it was written by Sophia Coppola as well like I don't think she gets enough credit as a writer mm-hmm. because it's yeah she managed to condense like such an incredibly long biography to like the pertinent points um and you mm-hmm. get a real sense to all of her flaws and all of her achievements and her qualities as a mother and as mm-hmm. a wife and it's not like that long a movie um so Yay, good writing. Uh, I think mostly when people think of yeah. Sofia Coppola movies, they think about like the visuals, and it is a very, very beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. But I think its real strength lies in like the performance of Kirsten Dunst and like making you sympathize with somebody whose life is completely bonkers. <laughs> like getting dressed in the morning and then all those people coming in to dress you. Like, oh, come on. Oh, Jesus. She says, this is ridiculous. <laughs> she would have been freezing. But, There's no fire in that room. I know. I know. I was like, oh, well, wait. We have to let this person do it because they're of higher rank. She's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Teeth chattering all the way. Um, I liked that everyone had, like, their own accents. and um, Yes, me too. He He was, like, obviously American. <laughs> And I really love um, yeah. that the Madame du Barry had that kind of, like, jersey <laughs> sort of common accent. <laughs> and, her, like, she was like, you see yes. how I'm treated here? Uh, <laughs> and you're just like, oh. <laughs> the Madame du Barry, like, was also guillotined after the revolution. Um, but apparently, like, Marie Antoinette, oh. like, went out with some grace and dignity. Madame Dubarry, not so much. Uh-huh. She was like crying and begging <laughs> and trying to bribe people with money from gifts from the <laughs> from the king. It was a <laughs> poor woman. Oh my lord. That's hilarious. Um I did, however, I have to admit, that purple outfit that Fire. she was wearing. Oh my god. That was so beautiful. You know, as everybody's like, somebody, what is she wearing? And I'm like, oh, queen, you go and work. <laughs> like, she is killing it. Um, I do not care. Oh, but yeah. the thing is, like, um, her style was 
actually quite similar to that because at that period there was a whole mm-hmm. like faux oriental eastern influence with a lot of how uh, the French court dressed themselves and then along comes little Marie Antoinette mm-hmm. and she's like I like pink and ribbons and wee, wee. <laughs> so there would have been that contrast <laughs> um, yes. everyone's costuming is like not only beautiful but tells you about the character and everything so inclu- yeah. including Adamant yeah. so yeah just, the, just perfect really. <laughs> oh, I wish every period drama we watched had this much money <laughs> it would make it a lot easier <laughs> yes. to sit through some of them I'm telling you that this is kind of like why I was complaining last week about like how it didn't look like France the costumes uh. were ugly <laughs> and like nobody was acting like they were in the French court compared to this I'm like yep yeah, you win. Everyone looks cute. Yeah. Um, I, I I totally get it now. When you think of like the, the I totally get it tiny now. rooms we got in last week compared to like, yeah, look at my fleur de lis. Was there anything? I mean, this is going to be a silly question for you. Um, but was there anything you didn't like? I could have done with it being like an extra hour longer. <laughs> I'm like, just just give us more of this. Um, it's good. No, I think it was perfect. It was the the perfect amount of time. Yeah, I, I think it was the perfect amount of time because we, by the time we reached the end of the film, we had the the fullness of the story. We had the the fullness of their arc um, by the time we reach the end, and and we are, um, you know, watching them as they're being uh, driven away from Versailles, and you know what is going to happen to them, um, and you can feel that sorrow for what is going to happen, and you know you're not sitting there, you know, going. You let your French people starve while you know you know you're running around playing around with shoes and shit like that, you know, and 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 you 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 know all of that, you know all that history, you know that as you were watching it, you know there is this other, um, there's this other bit of history that's taking place, which is really dark and um, distressing, um, but you have been able to see the humanity of these two individuals. And and so I think it was just the perfect amount of time. It, it, this was like a, a perfect movie. I know. That's how I feel. Um, yeah, and I think in perfect. many ways it follows the traditional narrative of like a coming of age story where she goes mm-hmm. from like infancy into her like the true regal queen of France at the end of the movie Mm -hmm. where she is you know standing up for her husband and her children and she's unwilling to bow down um Mm -hmm. though she does bow down to the people of France maybe that was a poor choice of words on my part um I really (laughs) feel like she came into her own under the pressure of of the French revolution so it Mm -hmm. was like seeing the beginnings of her in her adulthood and then like 
That's all you need to know. Like, that's who she became as a person. Mm-hmm. And it's really about that rather than, like... <sighs> the complaints about it not being political kind of annoy me because she wouldn't have been witness to that. No. She, unlike a lot of positions um, in royalty from, like, other courts uh, in Europe, the like, the, this was a, a traditional, like, women could not inherit the throne country, so she couldn't yeah. ev- have even really been regent of her own son. She had literally mm-hmm. zero power. She was just there to give birth to babies. Um, mm-hmm. So, just, just saying, like, it's it doesn't have enough of the French revolutionary stuff is, like, not really the point of the movie, and you're complaining about right. something that is not relevant. It's like, Right. Why doesn't it have more stuff in Paris? It's like, because she wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, calm down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and I think when you think about it and, and the way that the political reality was slowly creeping into the story yeah, um, makes it feel all that more real for what uh, Marie Antoinette would have experienced because she wouldn't be, you know, reading the the papers and and <laughs> you know uh, being all super hip on what was going on with the political scene of the time. Yeah, you know, it's like she, you know, as you said, she was basically kind of cloistered and sheltered from all of that. And the way that the realities just slowly creep in seemed absolutely perfect to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love I love the whole like last 20 minutes of the movie for the fact that mm-hmm. it sort of flips and you go from this idyllic pastoral scenes with her faux village to being like screamed at by like angry mob women <laughs> in her own house, mm-hmm. you know. It's a hell yeah. of a turn, but that that's what happened. Where, you know, she steps out onto the balcony and then bows. Yeah. And there's that silence. That was just, ooh, chills. That's the thing. Just chills. It's like, despite knowing history, <laughs> I'm still like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe she could turn this around and they can, like, respect <laughs> her. And I'm like. Rita, stop being stupid. <laughs> it's like no, no, no. Too late. The thing too about late. <laughs> um, what happens later is that there are so many opportunities where she nearly escaped, um, but she didn't. It's kind of like oh, the tragedy of it all. It's almost too depressing. Um, one thing this oh, movie wow. completely misses out, which is probably one of the most um important events of her life was the um affair of the necklace which was like the big scandal of that whole century really um which what but Mm -hmm. if anybody is curious there is a terrible movie um about that whole uh event that i just found out about made in 2001 and it has um god what's her name hillary swank as uh jean de something um as like the lady that tricks everyone and then it has um jolie richardson as marie antoinette so you know if you're really feeling like you want to see more marie antoinette go watch that terrible movie from 
2001. I will look into it. I, I not to watch the movie, but I'll, I'll <laughs> read the plot into... summary or something. I don't know actually. I'll, how I'll, I'll 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 look into the the Rip. the story. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yes, but the thing is, like so... that whole thing is just so complicated and long that if you included it in this movie, like it's a whole movie by itself. <laughs> And it's basically just somebody pretending to buy the necklace for her and then sell her the necklace. That's all that happens. But it's so complicated and it ends up like making the whole of France turn against her. Um, some of the things like you find out by reading the biography of like the way that people were writing about her and like the rumours about her are just so misogynistic and sexist and like very very graphically sexual to an extent that you're just like what the fuck's wrong with you France that you would (laughs) that you would perpetuate these kind of rumours what's going on there like you really hate women Mm -hmm. what's wrong with you judging you all from the past Oh gosh. So okay. So what so what would you give the film out of ten? Ten. Mm-hmm. Pretty much figured you would do that. <laughs> what about you? I'm gonna give it a nine point five. Okay. What's the point five for? Just to be just to be difficult. Is the point <laughs> five for the converses because they're deeply upsetting to people? Oh, the converse tennis shoes. No, no, I I actually kind of loved them after, you know, I was like fully immersed in the movie. I was like, oh, this is perfect because she's a teenager and I'm, I'm with you. Hey, if I could get along with all of the um, modern music <laughs> that was used... In oh shoot, what was it called? Um, you know, Lady Marmalade and um, Elton John and oh, Mulan. Yes, yeah. If I could get into um, Moulin Rouge with all of the modern music, and that is maybe half of what this movie is, then no, I, I the modern. The modern aspects that were utilized in this film, I thought, were brilliantly done. I thought it was just brilliantly done. I'm just being art. I'm just being difficult. <laughs> well, you've got to leave that point five for, I don't know, something better, but like we're unlikely to see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it a ten. I mean, it, it's, it's probably, it's probably one of the best. Um, uh, historical films that we've seen during, you know, our Corona um, lockdown since we started this. I truly enjoyed it. And I did not think I would. I thought I was just going to be like, oh, God, you know, this is just going to be. No, sucked in. Sucked. So we have in. a convert, people. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I was going to say something, but I've forgotten. Oh, well. Let's move on to Inbox. Um, Already? We had an email and it said, Hello ladies, I'd forgotten how much I love Sofia Coppola's Marie Antoinette. Can't think of a better piece of 
frothy escapism to save us momentarily <laughs> from the dumpster fire that is 2020. The film makes me salivate for macaroons and shoes. Seriously, you need to be armed with snacks before delving in. I love it all. Kirsten Dunst is fabulous and Jason Schwartzman is hilariously awkward, especially his table manners. Judy Davis, <laughs> Judy Davis is great at playing Hortley and stiff-necked nobility. I recommend checking out uh, The Dressmaker with Kate Winslet acting as a saucy mother-daughter duo. Uh, a <laughs> bit strange to see Babyface tankard as Lewis's younger brother, Lowell. Uh, we did not mention <clears throat> that, but yeah. Um, yeah. I'm excited to hear the rundown of your favourite scenes and characters. Also, would love to know if you have seen the most recent adaptations of The Go-Between 2015 and The Lady Vanishes 2013, trying to decide if they're worth viewing. Uh, are we running out of period pieces to watch or what? Uh, thanks for keeping the podcast going. Really appreciate it. You ladies are the best. XOXO, Serena. It's like Gossip Girl. Hashtag catty courtiers hashtag tall hair <laughs> hashtag nobody gossips better than the french hashtags cake 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 hashtag steve coogan <laughs> p.s rbg forever oh yeah yeah rgb forever oh let's see thank you so much serena really appreciate it uh we had an anonymous come into the inbox and tumblr says, I think I might be ready to go back reading the book soon, but I also have a suggestion. The Buccaneers. It's six episodes, so it is perhaps a little long, or some shorter Wharton adaptation. Have you heard of The Buccaneers? I mean, I've heard of it in the sense that it is, like, her unfinished novel. I didn't know they, mm -hmm. had, like, made it into a thing. How old is mm -hmm. it? If it's like from the 80s, I'm not watching it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll check it out. We'll check it out and see. I mean, we still we still have to watch um, We have so much on Toby Stevens though. Yeah. Yeah. Um I, I really want to I really want to do that. Um we like look. Like, the lockdown in England is getting like more serious. <laughs> the Prime Minister yeah. is uh, making an announcement at 8 o'clock tonight. I don't know what that's going to be. But generally those things tend to be before a bunch of people die. So I'm not really like... Oh, God. Like, well, I don't really feel like I can do the reading the books right now. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I need a skate. I, I still need... I. Yeah, I need I need frothy period dramas. I don't want to cry anymore. <laughs> any more frothy? Frothy. Yeah. Any more frothy? Yeah, we need froth. Um Okay. That is all from us in <laughs> We this... need froth. <laughs> That's all from this week's frothy Minnesota, I guess. Uh we'll be back next <laughs> week where we'll be watching The Lady Vanishes, as suggested by Serena, and I want to watch it because apparently it has Tom Hughes, who I fancy. Mm. Yes. Um, and if you have any other suggestions about what we should be watching after that, or just want a chat, then please get in contact. You can message us on our blog, email us at poldarkfancast at gmail.com, or find us on your social medias at poldarkfancast. 
Fancast. As ever, if you can do us a favour and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, I have been reading some of them recently and it's always hilarious to see people complain about us. So please, (laughs) please, please be nice instead. Uh, (laughs) But thank you all for listening. I'm sorry this has gone on too long. We enjoyed ourselves too much. Uh, We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Stay safe, everybody.